Hi, I'm Frank Daly and welcome to That Sounds Interesting podcast. Today my guest is Diana Lima, a writer and a member of the Lisbon Writers Group. So welcome Diana, I'm delighted to have you on my podcast here today. Thanks for asking me Frank, so happy to be here today. Super, so Diana before we get into uh, more detail, first of all maybe if you give me a little bit of information about your background, like where you grew up and other items like that. Okay, um, I should say I was born in London. Um, I've got an Italian mother, a Portuguese father. We came, we came back to Portugal, I was probably one month old. And then I lived here until I was about 18. And that's when I decided that I wanted to do something different and I went to Milan to my uh, grandmother's house. And I went to the university there basically. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that must have been quite exciting to suddenly go from one country to another to go, you know, at 18 and, and have all the freedoms that you probably had in Milan. Yeah, let's say that I didn't know the country very well. I only knew it from being there uh, on vacation, let's say, every year. But living there was actually something different. And I noticed immediately... Um, how it is a, a completely different city from from uh, Lisbon. The pace is different. Everybody's always so busy. They're uh, busy, efficient, and so smartly dressed. The pace is really, really, really like completely like a miles away from. Was that hard to get into that mode? Because um, I noticed it here, and Ireland generally isn't overly efficient either. It's kind of relaxed, but not as relaxed as it is here in in Lisbon. Well, I mean, if you can talk about uh, public transportation, they have really, really excellent service. Uh, it's really, if you lose a metro, there's another way two minutes later, another one min minutes later. Um, and, and you can see that it's actually well, it's well served by, I can talk about public transportation because I didn't own a car, so <laughs> I'm, I'm basically moved by either bus or subway. So, so you were in the university and uh, you, what were you studying in university? Yeah, I studied uh, English literature. Uh, that's what, what I graduated in. <laughs> okay, excellent, excellent. So a perfect um, item to study, um, I guess, if you're going to be writing afterwards. Yeah, let's say um, interest in, uh, in writing uh, came, uh, came when I moved there or well, there, there was, I, I was good at writing. I was one of those students uh, in, in, in class where, you know, all your short stories are passed around in all the classes at school and stuff, but I didn't do anything about it until I was at university and suddenly I had this whole world of possibilities and, and, and I was like a sponge absorbing everything and anything and my readings, all of it, you know, all of it was so inspiring. Okay, but of course you had another challenge, uh, it was in Italian. The language, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, I know Italian since, since birth, let's say, because my mother made, made a point of always teaching us, me and my sister. Um, I just didn't, um, and I read it also, I just didn't know it well enough to, um, my vocabulary was not as expanded as it is now after, you know, doing um, a whole degree in Italy, you know. So at the beginning, I was even so young and perhaps I wasn't, uh, well, I wasn't uh, experienced enough. 
<laughs> okay, but I guess there was also the fact that you would have talked Italian, I guess, with your mother because yes. she was Italian, but you may not necessarily have been doing the finer details of the language writing it, and that would have been a challenge That's to right. learn a bit, I guess, when you came to university. That's right, yeah. All the study books were in Italian, uh, and uh, suddenly I had this whole new world of words that I had to learn. <laughs> okay, good, but a good time at 18, that was a good time to be learning. Oh, yes, it. yes, it was. I mean, I was so excited. I think I was in awe all the time, just everything was so um so new and so this whole new world of possibilities opened to me um what would i what i thought about milan is it was such a beautiful exciting city you know full of many beautiful things that i didn't know before but when i looked at the skies you know that's when i suddenly noticed oh they're gray you know and and suddenly you think oh what did i have in lisbon that i don't have here the golden the golden light <clears throat> sorry it it is something that I missed there when I when I was in in the skies. Yeah, they 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 unfortunately they are grey. <laughs> okay, well I I know all about that uh, coming from Ireland. Uh, there's a lot of months in Ireland, most months in fact when it's grey skies. Uh, however, uh, I have to say you're you're completely right. It is so nice to wake up so many days and look out. Well, I can't see the sky here, but look out and see the sky and it's blue. And that just it makes things very positive, doesn't it? It does, and and um, in the fall, you know, the light even changes and it becomes golden. And I think um, it only it only happens here. Every every country I've learned that every country have got have got its own lights. Um, France has got this weird piercing light that you can see in some of the paintings, perhaps Van Gogh and 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 such. Here it's 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 milder, it's golden, it's and it's warm and embraces you. And I, I I knew immediately that this was special. And you don't notice it while you're living here. That's a funny thing, actually. <laughs> you only realize and value things when you don't have them, and you think, oh, I'm missing that. <laughs> exactly. So, um, how long were you in Milan for? Uh, yeah, I lived there about ten years. Okay, and so then you decided, did you go anywhere else? Like, did you go to any other cities? Um, yes, well, I was, uh, while I was studying at university, I had the possibility to visit Paris with a friend. She had a, um, a house there, uh, very briefly, so we, um, we went there. I saw Versailles, was, was one of my goals in life, was to see it. I had to see it very quickly because it was starting to rain, so I saw the, the inside very well, but then the gardens, unfortunately. Um, and, and Paris was, was beautiful, I'd never seen it before, so I was Super also, city, really, yeah. Also loud. <laughs> but, yeah, and um, did you live in any, any other cities, or, or were you just visiting like other places? No, lived, uh, no, no, I haven't lived anywhere else. I only uh, then um, went to England, Wales to do some research for my thesis, and that was it, because I haven't lived any, any, anywhere else. Okay, so when you came back then after 10 years and having worked, I guess you worked for a bit in Milan after I your degree. I did some odd jobs like translations and uh, giving Portuguese classes, you know, just to get some money for, you know, earn some money basically and be useful. Okay, and, and so when you came back then after 10 years, you came back to uh, Lisbon. Um, so what did you do then? Yes. Um, I came back and I, I decided, uh, well, let's 
get down to it and find a job. So I, 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 um, I got my name in the uh, employment center, unemployment center, and uh, they they always have courses for uh, people while they're waiting to be hired, and. Um, so I did, I did a course about, uh, I think it was uh, web design and web marketing. That's what they had at the time, basically. I um, met some people there. Um, and on the side, I paid a course for how to teach Portuguese to foreigners, which oh. I thought could come useful. Very useful to have, uh, to be able to fall back on that if you need to get some extra cash. <laughs> and I paid myself also a French, a French course at the Alliance Francaise thinking uh, I should perhaps go back to that. It could be useful, you know, anything could be useful. <laughs> yes. So um, let's talk for a second though about writing because I know you had started to do a bit of writing while you were still in Milan. Yes. Um, so I, I started sketching some ideas for a novel. I had these uh, scattered notes because I would write on anything, you know, like little pieces of paper, notebooks, whatever was um near me at the time uh i always had a little pen and paper in my bag um so i started um having this idea for a novel and um i i was always writing these separate chapters these separate uh files and i didn't know how to put it together i didn't always have time because you know uh studying so you didn't have time to dedicate to it but it was interesting because there were other people at university also trying to write their first big novel. So it was interesting. <laughs> yes, it, it actually, it's encouraging when you find other people are having the same kind of difficulties that everyone does when they start to write. First of all, is how you're organizing it. But I guess when you came back to Lisbon, you had a chance to start focusing a bit more on writing. Yeah, perhaps not the first few years. Um, I was always trying to perfect the same chapter. I was always trying to... And, and that's a challenge, I guess, to do, to do that rather than write the whole story, first of all. If you try to edit while you're writing, it can <laughs> cause problems in terms of finishing the book. Yeah, I didn't, know, didn't know how to go about it, basically. Um, and uh, at some point, um, I had a friend at work and uh, we were both into creating and writing and we decided, uh, actually I asked her, do you know anywhere where we can get, I don't know, writing classes in English? And she thought, oh, that's a good idea, I haven't thought about it. And, and we both set about searching for something on the internet. And I came back discouraged saying, I didn't find anything. <laughs> and she said, but I did. I found this uh, Lisbon writing group. Okay, and we're going, to talk, <laughs> we're going to talk about the Lisbon writing group in a little while as well, because I'm a member of that also. And it's a very good group, uh, but we'll get to that in a second. But um, and it is huge encouragement for doing writing. But just focusing on the books for a minute or two, I know you've written uh, nearly two books, one and a half books. Yes. So first of all, um, what, you know, what are they about? What's the inspiration for them and what are mm -hmm. they about? Well, inspiration, my goodness, all of, all of what I've read in my 10 years in Italy, I would say, or, well, it did, let's say the spark um like was, where, where, where are they set like what they time? are set they are set in um early 19th century just after the napoleon wars in uh, in uh, england 
Okay, Regency. Re Regency. The Regency, yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. Of course, so, so that sounds like a good place to start. Uh, um, and I guess you had to do some research for that. Um, uh, I did have a few ideas and, and lights coming from the studies I did uh, at university. Um, and that uh, kicked it off, at least in the beginning. Okay, that was really useful to be able to draw on your course to focus into, uh, that into a book. But, uh, and of course, you learn how to do research in university, which is useful as well. Uh -huh. um, so, um, but the actual uh, stories themselves, so uh, what's the first book called? The first book is called Light and Darkness. <laughs> okay, good name, very good name, I have to say. And, but you finished that book, but you started a second book, but you, but you haven't published the first one yet. No, I haven't. I'm still in the process of um, waiting for my two beta readers to come back to me. And, and of course, <laughs> beta reading is such an important item. It, it changes so much. It, it, you get the feedback. So, you know, and, and they tell you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. <laughs> Waiting for that. But I mean, I, I already know that I have to fix a few things, which I noticed while I was um, reviewing it for the third time, perhaps. Um, and um, then I will um, find other people to give me feedback on it. And yeah. Okay, and the second book, what's the second book called? The second book is Light Seeking Light, because <laughs> I went for the light, I'm kind of obsessed with the light. Uh... Light Seeking Light? Yes. Okay, okay, that's good. I think it's even a famous quote or something. <laughs> okay, but at least, um, um, you know, you have those titles and those titles probably may, are relevant to the books themselves as well. Yeah, they are because uh, my first book, it, they didn't, um, it, they weren't really planned. They just came to my mind like that. Um, let's say the first one is like contrast between the female protagonist and the male protagonist. So they've got, they both got their own, I won't, I won't reveal too much, but they've got their own um, uh, goals in life and, and uh, their own paths to follow. Of course, and, and, and you're describing life at that time. Yes. And I guess from what I've heard as, of you reading some pieces of it at the Lisbon group, it, it's set in an upper class family, I guess. Yes, there it is. Um, let's say <clears throat> uh, the idea is uh, that this girl is trying to find her own identity throughout the book and uh, her path is crossing with the heroes. Um, in a way and well let's say they were friends before they kind of lose each other and then they find each other again uh, and there's the uh, the part of um, their their reuniting is is uh, what moves the the, um, the novel story to towards the end okay that's great that's great you're making progress on it. you're getting the beta readers you're getting the story uh, you've got the story developed is the second book a follow-on from the first one? The or? second book wasn't, wasn't a planned thing. It was because I was so in love with the characters that I just couldn't bring myself to finish the first book. <laughs> That's a great position to be in, actually, right? And it is good. In other words, you develop the characters and you like them so much that you wanted I them was, to continue uh, to live in a second story. I, I was told, uh, a suggestion came from a friend, a member of the writer's group, uh, why don't you finish it and then you continue on a second book? And I thought, oh, that's a good uh, idea. It is good because what it's doing is you can do the writing on the second book and you can still be finishing out the tasks that you still have to do uh, in terms of beta reading and editing and then trying to finally getting it published. I guess you're going to self-publish. Are you, are you going to look for a publisher? I would 
like to try the traditional publishing first and if that doesn't uh, turn into anything I, I may have to go self-publishing. Okay, okay. I've done self-publishing and I tried uh, submitting to lots of publishers unsuccessfully. But actually, I quite enjoyed the process of, of doing self-publishing. But we can talk about that in another podcast. Okay, so um, moving on a little bit, uh, let's talk about the Lisbon Writers Group. Yes, uh, so as I was mentioning earlier, this, uh, this colleague from work, uh, she found this group out and she said, why not try it? Um, it's in English. And that's what I needed because my novel is written in English, so I needed, I needed uh, people who knew English and who wrote in English so that I can compare and get uh, tips and, and that kind of thing. Um, and so I joined, I think it was uh, end of summer 2016. Okay, okay, I didn't realize that you've yeah. been so long, actually, a good long time in, in, <laughs> in work. I, I joined the uh, Lisbon Writers Group in 2019, okay. but I was only here for a month and then COVID took over. So I only came back to it this year in 2022. But it's a great group because there's lots of different people with different ideas, different type of writing, from poetry to short stories, to uh, writing general nonfiction, to writing novels. And that's a great, and there's lots of background of different people as well, like yeah, different, true. different uh, uh, countries that they're from. Yeah, that's that's super uh, enriching because you get to compare and and uh, acquire tips from people from cultural different cultural backgrounds, and and their their style of writing is is different, and you get to see other styles, and and it's really and really... you can get beta readers from there. I mean, Karen is, is doing some beta reading for yes, you. Yes, yes, she is. And so so that's really really beneficial for doing it. Plus, you can hear what other people are writing and, you know, not necessarily compare, but it gives you ideas for what you're writing yourself. Yeah. You know, when you, when you, it's encouraging. Generally speaking, as a group, it's very encouraging for writing. And I love going there, I must say. <laughs> Me too. And I've met some great people, actually, as well. So it is very good. So, um, so what are your plans for the book now uh, from here on? Second book, you mean? Yeah. Uh, well, both first and second book. Uh, well, uh, f well, I should continue and try to finish book two, um, and meantime see uh, what kind of feedback I get from book one. Uh, I know there's a few editing things uh, that I still need to do. Um, basically, well, get these two things done, get these two things published, and we'll go from there because <laughs> of course of course it is and it is good to do how far are you on the second book uh probably halfway through um i've been told that it's it often happens that you don't have many ideas for book two so that's where i am with the moment <laughs> okay so look um that's been super talking to you diana it's been great to have you on the, my podcast and thanks very much for being here today thanks for having me frank it was a pleasure thanks a lot bye